0: Paulie. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And, uh, you know, Paul and I, it has been a a solid two weeks since we have recorded. And that's got to do with uh, two huge competing factors. One, Paul is a traveling mofo. (laughs) And the other is that I have uh, been down with a chest cold this week. And, uh, uh, you know, so it's 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 made
1: recording difficult. So is it a uh, chest cold or some of that? There coronavirus.
0: It could be some of that coronavirus. I mean, I ordered Chinese the other night, mm. and uh, that that could that could have done it. I think that's you know? how it spreads. I understand that if you order, you know, the kung pao chicken, you know, uh, you might wind up with the coronavirus. It'll it'll pow your innards. It will. It will. It will kung pao your stuff. And I, you, know, I complained to my doctor about how long it's taking me to get over this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, I did the full week of uh, antibiotics. And uh, uh, because I had an upper respiratory infection. I called it a cold, but it was an upper respiratory infection. And, uh, you know, I swear to God, Paul, I swear to God. One more doctor starts a conversation with me with, well, now that you're over 50, I'm going to punch him in the goddamn throat. (laughs) I, it seems like that is every conversation I've had with a physician since I turned fifty. Well, I don't care. Fair. Fun.
1: That's what happens now that you're over fifty. I,
0: I, you know, you are, you are, you are protected by the fact that there's about fifteen hundred miles between the two of us, Paul. Because I would punch you right in the fucking throat. Uh, well, We've been wondering when, when you become my arch nemesis. This is that. This,
1: time. this is that time. <laughs> Well we we hope for your speedy recovery and uh yeah Aaron's right it's not just his illness but also the fact that I was um last weekend uh, as of the time of this recording I was at the start the launch of the new XFL football league um at their you know first game out in Washington DC and uh, I had a blast I thought it was great I um I upgraded my seats I got floor seats uh they were really affordable Uh, I mean, people are going to ask, so I'm just going to say it was $180. I shouldn't say four seats. Per seats? Yeah, $180 per seat. Yep. Um, But we were right there next to the field. Um, And uh, unlimited beer, wine, soft drinks, water. So, Uh you know, when when you're talking uh, stadium prices. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, what, $13 a beer? Yeah, at least. Uh, More, more than paid for itself.
0: Plus well, exclusive yeah, access
1: to the clubs and stuff like that. We didn't – honestly, we never left the game because the game was actually really good. Huh. Well, I mean you are a drinking son of a bitch yeah. when it well, comes and, to your beer. And I should say the beer taps were right by the seats. It's not like I had <laughs> to leave and go to the concessions. No, no. They had special beer taps set up down there for the field seat nice. people. Yeah, now- now, did they have decent beer? It wasn't like you know Pabst Blue Ribbon and Coors Light. Well, they had uh they had Coors Light, of course. They had Heineken and they had Amstel Light. And I like Amstel Light, so I was set. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, when when you're drinking like it, when they're handing you two beers at a time, it's probably good to <laughs> it's probably good to go with the you know the eighty ninety calorie beer and not the three hundred sure. calorie beer. Sure.
0: Fair point. Fair yeah. point. You know when when I, uh, I go to the the local music venue, mm-hmm. uh, and the and the beers are thirteen dollars a beer. I wouldn't balk at that so much if it was decent beer, but, yeah, but you know never... it's, it's Bud Light,
1: you know. Well, and we have craft beer at our local amphitheater. Um,
0: Their it... idea of a craft beer at at, at the at, at the uh, it's uh, I think it's the the Toyota Music. Theater, I think is what it's called or something like that up in Las Colinas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, their idea of a craft beer is uh, uh, like Shiner. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's not really a craft beer. You yeah, know? but you
1: pay premium for it. You do pay, that's that $18 beer. Um, at yes, least our... absolutely.
0: Yeah, that is what they make you, it, it was $18 for the, uh, for the uh, Shiner shinerbach. And I like Shiner Bach. Shiner but you know, I can buy a, a six pack at home for, you know, $9 mm-hmm. I just I, I can't reconcile spending that kind of money on, on a
1: uh, on a nothing beer. Yeah. Well, if we have any fans, fans. If we have any listeners, we certainly don't have fans. Oh, um, listeners, but yeah. <laughs> if we have any listeners in uh, in an area where there's an XFL team like St. Louis or or Houston Dallas, or Dallas, Dallas yeah, perfect. Dallas. Hey, Dallas won the right right before the recording of this game. Dallas um, and uh, L.A. Uh, Dallas was away at LA and, uh, it was a really damn close game and Dallas pulled it out in the end. So I know I'm not going to turn this into a football cast, but I recommend checking out a game The prices are cheap. You can get seats as little as 20 bucks. I mean, they're nosebleeds. Um, but it's, it's surprisingly good football. And if you like football, I, I will say, you know, it's, there's only eight teams. You don't have to follow 32 different teams and all that stuff. So it's, it's an enjoyable experience. Uh, I recommend it. Well, be sure to tune in to our companion
0: podcast, XFL with Aaron and Polly,
1: <laughs> Or really just XFL <laughs> with Paul while Aaron listens. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, I think $13 beers are really just a sign that the Red Skull is taking over.
0: Yeah, clearly. Yeah, clearly. I mean, I mean that,
1: that that is part of the Red Skull mandate, right? That is part of his plan of the, the Red Skull agenda, um, uh-huh. especially if writer, artist... Eric Larson has anything to do with it. We'll all look lo- look like the Red Skull. Um, you know, this is a book that came out last week, Captain America, The End. And I will tell you, I haven't picked up any of these end books because the few that I have picked up in the past have all been pretty garbage. Yeah, most of them are not good. Did you read that Doctor Strange, The End, a couple weeks I, ago?
0: I did. It was terrible. Oh, OK. Yeah, um, it was. It was, in fact, to coin a
1: phrase, terrible. <laughs> terrible. It was it, it was bad. Beat. B.A.D. Bad. And, you know, the only, and here's the thing. I like the idea of it because the the idea of it is that, uh, for anyone who's not familiar, is that this is the final story of most of these characters because you'll never see it in your lifetime because they're going to keep publishing, you know, they're going right. to keep de-aging these characters until you're dead. Right, um, and- it, you know, they're all second act books. You yeah. Know? I mean, you know, we, we never get to the end on most of these characters. Yeah. Uh, so this, what these books do is they get, you know, they're one shots. I think there were, there have been a couple that are um, more than one, like a mini I think maybe Wolverines was a miniseries, but generally, <laughs> you know, they're one shots. Uh, they were all inspired by the Incredible Hulk, right? The, the Incredible right. Hulk is the one that started it all with Peter David and Dale Keown uh, doing their future imperfect and, or Gary Frank, sorry, Gary Frank. Yeah. um you know doing their future imperfect stuff wasn't um, george
0: perez doing didn't he do the future imperfect he might have my done strength? the art yeah, he perez. might have done the
1: art but i know frank gary frank is it it, it's one it, like because the all three of those artists kind of traded back and forth during that peter david run right um but i think you're right i think it was george perez for future imperfect i think the end might have dale actually keown. been dale keown i agree um i agree but anyway i digress Last week, the end of Captain America came out, and like I said, the only reason I picked it up was because it was uh, written and drawn by Savage Dragon creator Eric Larson, whose stuff I haven't read in years because I got way off with Savage Dragon. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I kind of enjoyed that little Spider-Man one-shot he did uh, a couple months back, and. I love Eric Larson. Eric Larson is uh, is my you know Spider Man artist of the '90s and the the Revenge and the Return of the Sinister Six and I just you know I, I loved his art style back then. I still have a soft spot for it now.
0: I you know I'm crazy about Eric Larson. Uh, I really enjoyed his uh, book Super Patriot for Image. Yeah, that was a good uh, one. You know, that's just you know a a, a cybernetic bionic uh, Captain America, essentially, and and I just I've always loved Super Patriot.
1: Well, and I think Uh, a lot of people don't realize that we wouldn't have The Walking Dead if you know Eric Larson was the editor in chief for Image Comics for a few years before Eric Stevenson took it over, right? Um, You know, so we wouldn't have things like. The Walking Dead and and some of the 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 image things that have come out of of his run and obviously his successor Eric Stevenson without Eric Larson there,
0: well you know it's it's kind of hard to believe that in all the changes that Image has gone through in what the three decades that it's been around, um, Eric Larson's been the mainstay, you know yeah. he he I mean and he is just you know I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to draw my book you know I'm going to write and draw my book
1: and Eric you Larson know, and is so anal about it he they they did a. When in the first or the second year of Image, I think it was issue thirteen or something, whatever of every title, um, they traded with the other founding members of Image. So Jim Lee did an issue of Savage Dragon. Um, I don't remember who did Spawn. I think Eric Larson might have actually done the issue of Spawn or whatever or Wildcats. You know, they all traded off. And um, Eric Larson, it bugged him so much that he didn't have a, a complete arc on Savage Dragon that he went back and and redid. Savage Dragon 13. Um, So, you know, we're somewhere in the 250 realm, I think, on Savage Dragon. We may be higher than that, but I feel like we're somewhere in the 250s. And every issue has been written and drawn by uh, Eric Larson. And recently he's taken over um, other duties. uh, Like, I know he dabbled in lettering. I don't know if he still does the lettering and the coloring. But I know for a while he was doing everything himself.
0: Yeah, well, I wasn't going to pick up this book until Paul recommended it to me. And I got to tell you, I'm so glad you did because this book is gorgeous. It is. Um, it is so evocative of Jack Kirby's style in mm-hmm. this book. Um, I, I, I really loved. Just, I mean, even if you took out all the dialogue, um, I would have just enjoyed looking at the panels. Uh, now that said, I think that the uh, the story's great. I, you know, I really, I really enjoyed this story. And there is a mo, you know, most of these the end books have a really downer sort of ending, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, I, I was pleased that, you know, Captain America is an aspirational character. Captain America is someone who's supposed to instill hope. And it seemed like it was going to make that that turn, that, that, you know, dark turn. And it turned away from that. Um, and, and a very conscious choice in the, the, the telling of the story. I thought this was a fantastic book. Yeah, I, and it I, makes I, me I,
1: want. It makes me want a Captain America book every week from Eric Larson, right? Because I, I agree with you. The, the way the book was going, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sad ending. Like, like yeah. Captain America is going to have a sad ending. And if there's one thing I really hate about the way they end most of these characters, um, or revisiting characters that I loved as a kid, like Star Wars, for example. Right, is that none of those people have a happy ending, Luke leia han solo they all died in the end everyone dies a depressing unhappy unhappy and unfulfilled yeah i mean you look at the movie logan you know he died pretty pretty badly and you know same with professor x
0: yeah i mean and particularly in in in, when you look at star wars uh han solo dies a failed father and a failed husband Mm -hmm. right uh leia dies never having uh uh witnessed the the uh uh you know, her life's work of, of, you know, saving the galaxy from the empire and, and, you know, a successful revolution and Luke dies having failed all of the children that he, uh, tried to shepherd into the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, all three of them. And you can say, well, you know, there's Ren, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Ray. Right. Yeah. But, but, you know, not really, uh, yeah. you know, the, I, so, yeah, they're all unfulfilled. All of these characters that we see, you know, in, in these types of stories, to your point, are, come to unhappy ends. Yeah. And it was so satisfying to see that this had a bright aspirational ending.
1: Yeah, it was perfect. It was it was such yeah. a great ending. And so, you know, the concept of the book, which, you know, give or, it, it depends on how political you are. Um, how much you want to read into it, but basically, you know, everyone's turned into a Red Skull follower. You know, they all even have the Red Skulls. Um, you know, it's but even. Are if you, you interpreting the Red Skulls as MAGA hats, Paul? I was thinking either MAGA hats or you know an interpretation of the orange skin. Um, uh. Or Bernie Bros, okay. Yeah, uh, or I Bernie got Bros, yeah, <laughs> whichever way you want to go with it, right? Um, you know, I, but I, I think that was intentional. But regardless, even if you took that out of it, very Kirby-esque story, you know. Um, yeah. You know, post-apocalyptic world kind of feels straight out of the, the fourth world almost a little bit or something Kirby would have done. as Oh, in...
0: very Commandy
1: esque in fact, on yeah. some of those panels. I mean, I was Absolutely. like, wow, this could be
0: straight out of Commandy.
1: And you know, I don't want to give away the entire story, but I will say, you know, it's about Captain America trying to, as one of the few surviving, I wouldn't say surviving, the few uninfected members of America. Um, and they, what they, they, my favorite bit of the book, and it came out last week, so I'm going to spoil it because I feel like it would be a selling point for the book, is Red Skull Modok. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it was. It was great. It was great. I there really is nothing about this book that I didn't like. i I, I thoroughly enjoyed this book.
1: I did too. and so I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's a five dollar book. so you know if that's not your jam, wait till it's on sale because I'm sure it'll be on sale, but definitely pick it up if you are a fan of Captain America. Um, Or, or, you know, Kirby's interpretation Uh, Now, obviously, the one thing that I will say about it is um, A bit of a controversy last week And Marvel has publicly apologized Is that uh, at the end of the book It's a Captain America created by Stanley and Jack Kirby Um, Unfortunately Joe uh, Simon had nothing to do with it, Paul Had (laughs) nothing to do with the creation of Captain (laughs) America You would think they just had that stuff standard in a template somewhere um, That they can copy-paste But apparently, um, oopsie uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they haven't actually corrected the digital file because I'm looking at it right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, and they haven't. I mean, because I, I checked uh, today when we I decided we were going to talk about it, and there's not an updated version. And, and that seems easy enough to fix.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised. But, yeah. you know, maybe it'll be fixed in a second printing or something. But do do pick up Captain America the End, number three. Um, and, again, uh, funny, this is another episode of Funny Books that is going to be very Marvel-centric uh, because moving on to this week's books... Actually, I guess we're going to move back and forth. Um, that's correct. Uh, we're going to go back in time and then forward in time. And then back in time again. It's just—it's literally just like Back to the Future, that's exactly uh, the trilogy. That's yeah. uh, so Thor number three came out this week, written by Donny Cates, art by Nick Klein and Matt Wilson. Um, you know, this is the payoff, or I, I should say, shouldn't I shouldn't even say payoff, but uh, features these, a, a portion of the battle. Between Thor and Beta Ray Bill, where Beta Ray Bill has has come to try to to bring Thor to his senses. Yeah, and
0: it's uh, it's pretty badass. And yeah. the, the the book opens up with a tremendous page oh of just God. you know old school Thor, you know, with the uh, with the you know little wrist bracelets holding a a just pulpy you know me yeah uh you know with with lightning sparking from it i mean it's just it's a full page and it just looks like you know purple blood and guts dripping from from the hammer it's pretty hot
1: (laughs) i will say the first three pages of this book are are absolutely gorgeous in fact i I mean not to disparage the rest of the art in the book but it almost feels like he spent his entire time on the first three pages and then you know to, to meet the deadline did the rest of the book um so but the the story, the, the wording on the first three pages is all about how Thor has lived so long that one time he was in a battle for two years, one of the most epic battles ever to happen in history. And he doesn't even remember it because to him, two years is just like a couple of minutes for us. Like we don't remember what we had for dinner yesterday. Um. That's that's um, basic. I, I had tacos. Well, what I don't remember what I had for dinner last Monday. How about that? Because um, I do remember dinner I, last night.
0: I I had tacos. <laughs> if you eat tacos every day, you're gonna remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, to to Thor, you know, two years was nothing. Like he he's been alive so long that that's nothing. But they say, but this is the battle. Um, that will that he remembers for all his days to come, which you know is a, is a good setup. Now, what I found interesting is that the battle that we saw in this book certainly didn't seem worthy of being remembered for all his days to come. But uh, spoiler warnings on this isn't the entirety of the battle um, because that last page was pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. The the, the the the
0: whole I mean this whole book I dug a lot because we get to see some really important stuff. Uh, you know, first off, uh, Beta Ray Bill shows up and, you know, he's not wearing his his Asgardian armor anymore. He's wearing something else. And he says, I'm not wearing the your colors any longer because I would not shame you by having to beat your ass. Beta Ray Bill <laughs> yeah. essentially says by wearing your colors. Right. What Beta Ray Bill, you know, is remembering is that every time he and Thor have gone head to head, they've been pretty evenly matched. But not now, because not only is Thor the God of Thunder, he's also the All Father, So he's got all of Odin's power as well. Plus, he's now the Herald of, of Galactus. So he has the power cosmic. And so <laughs> Beta Ray Bill, you know, charges him. And literally Thor bitch slaps him, you know, and huh. knocks him into a planet and starts a, you know, a, a, a volcanic eruption and, and a series of earthquakes. I mean, it's uh, it, it's pretty badass. And then, you know, Thor tells him he's, you know, uh, you know Better Ray Bill's like, I've got I've got to tear you away from Galactus. I can't believe you know Galactus who destroyed my people. Uh, you know, how how, yeah, how can this have happened? I've got to tear you away from him. And he's like, I wasn't. I wasn't captured by Galactus. I'm not doing this uh, because I'm a prisoner. I'm doing this because I chose this. And which pisses Galactus off, which kind of cracked me up because, you know, Thor, uh, you know, kind of sets Galactus straight on that score.
1: Thor, <laughs> Thor really kind of pisses Galactus off in every issue of this article. Like, yeah. He's a really bad herald. Yeah, really. I would not have hired him. Yeah, I mean, he's really only taken out one planet so far. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah, and, I'd, I'd, and I'd, a...
1: set him, I'd set him down with HR pretty quick, yeah. is what I would. Like I, that, the, yeah, his... w- the one planet he has fed to Galactus cost Galactus a couple fingers and a kneecap. Uh-huh. And yeah, he's fine yeah. now, but it yeah. <laughs> seems yeah. like the juice isn't worth the squeeze on this. On no, this no, not at all.
0: Not at all. Well, no, I just think that Thor's got an attitude problem. Yeah. You know, he, he needs to, he needs to get with the Galactus mission statement. We eat planets here, you know. That's what we do. We eat planets. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I I got a real kick out of the fight, and then you know, Thor. Are we spoiling this? Yeah, we'll spoil this one. So you know, Thor and uh, you know Beta Ray Bill are, are, are in the, the final moments of the of the fight that's depicted in this issue, and Beta Ray Bill grabs Mjolnir because you know if you'll recall, Beta Ray Bill is worthy, and he can he can wield Mjolnir. And, uh, you know, Beta Ray Bill's telling Thor, well, you're not worthy. And Thor's like, oh, really? And so he draws, you know, he's he's dragging Beta Ray Bill along by calling Mjolnir to him. And since, you know, Beta Ray Bill is is struggling so hard with it, he calls Stormbringer to him, Stormbreaker to him, uh, you know, uh, Beta Ray Bill's hammer, and then smashes Stormbreaker against Mjolnir, destroying Beta Ray Bill's hammer. I mean, that is... That is pretty metal. Is, is all I'm going to say. And I know how that do you that, feel about that, Mister Beta Ray Bill fan. I love Beta Ray Bill, but I also loved this moment. I don't you know disagree. we also we also know two things. I'm not I'm not worried about it. This is comics.
1: <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> just like so, Mjolnir got destroyed a few years ago. Yeah. That's right.
0: Uh, we also know there's another hammer out there. The 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 as far as I know, the Ultimate Thor hammer is still out there. Oh, true, right. True. And Thor's the All Father now. He can make another damn hammer. Odin made Sister that too. hammer. So, you know, all he needs is a couple of dwarves and uh, some Uru metal and uh, he can make another hammer. It's not, <laughs> it's not a thing, you know. Uh, but so, you know, he's standing over uh, Beta Ray Bill's broken form and, you know, about to, you know, really lace lay some additional hurt on him. When, bam, Rainbow Bridge appears and here comes stuff who's working as Heimdall now last page. If you want beta Ray bill, you got to go through me. Seth says, so Thor dot, dot, dot to be continued. Yeah. I thought that was a great ending.
1: I thought so too. I mean, just a fan. I, it, it got me just as like, for the next issue as the end of the first yeah. issue as the end of the second issue. Like they, they keep upping the ante. Right. And <laughs> what, what cracks me up about this book is, you know, I mentioned this earlier. Like, the whole point is that Galactus needs Thor to help him f- eat planets. Uh-huh. And, like, the shit is going horribly awry on planet yeah. one. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, we're about to be three issues, and what? he's still
0: on planet one. Well, and, you know, Thor is handling his personal business on company time. You know? I mean, yeah. this is all shit that, that should have been handled before he left Asgard. Um, and it just it cracks me up that Galactus is having to waste his time on all of this. Yeah, just
1: sit there like, hmm Yeah.
0: Could you guys hurry? I'm really hungry.
1: Yeah. Can we we get this going?
0: (laughs) I know that that the Galactus and cosmic stuff isn't Tim's jam, but boy, this was a lot of fun.
1: I am kind of surprised it's not Tim's jam. But, you know, I mean, he he likes a very specific interpretation of Thor.
0: Yeah, it is a very, this is the Thor I like. I only like this kind of Thor. And sadly, what we're getting in, in Thor right now is not the Thor that he likes. But boy, I sure am enjoying it yeah me too me too it's a great book i am also enjoying uh the the first of i guess it's a limited series uh uh x-men fantastic four number one uh with i forget who this is by
1: it's by chip zadarsky and the art is by terry dodson yeah uh i i i thought it I, I had a big, big fun in this book.
0: And what it does is it ties our current F- F- Fantastic Four storyline into the current X Men storyline, which I enjoyed The Powers of X and I enjoyed House of X uh, when we read those earlier uh, in 2019. Uh, dropped out after, you know, they, they killed off uh, Xavier in a book that wasn't the main X Men title. Um, He's back. But, He's okay. I saw that. I saw that in in these pages here, and and we knew that was going to happen because they'd already laid down that you can you know resurrect those guys. Yeah. But uh, you know we know from uh, Fantastic Four lore that while the members of the Fantastic Four were given their powers uh, via exposure to cosmic rays, there's uh, Reed Richards and uh, Sue Richards' son Franklin is a mutant. You know, he was born after they were exposed to the cosmic rays, and he is a bona fide mutant. And so, with all of this fun stuff going on on Krakoa, the island nation of the mutants, uh, Xavier and Magneto come uh, wishing to provide uh, citizenship and sanctuary to young Franklin, and uh, hijinks ensue. Uh, I really think that's all you have to say about this book. I had a I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I I never knew the relationship that exists between Kitty
1: and Franklin. Well, they referenced so that, that was, the book. I mean, the book they were referring to is from the eighties, and I don't think
0: I ever read that. Yeah, I, that was definitely so, a while back. Yeah, in the wayback machine. But you know, I got a I got a kick out of it, and uh, I, I just I really did enjoy this book, you know, and uh, I, I, I gathered I, that you did not.
1: I didn't love it. Um, you know, for me, I just I don't love. I I liked the initial, like you said, the powers of X and the, the, um, house of powers of 10 and house of 10. Yeah. I'm just not loving the, no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep it straight for myself. I'm not loving the current state of the X-Men anymore. Well, I enjoyed it in that book. I thought it was a good setup other than Kitty. The X-Men really aren't portrayed as heroes anymore. Um, no, they're all bad guys. They're pretty much all bad guys, right? And, uh. and
0: Kitty's an enabler.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, I, I don't I, I know do how it. much I love that interpretation of them.
0: Well, it may, it's gonna make it really hard to earn you back to the heroics of the X-Men right. Mm-hmm. I you know I, I understand that you know Stanley's interpretation of of the X-Men was that they were other, right. They were, they were the part of, they were a metaphor for society of anybody who is other, whether it is a a racial minority or an ethnic minority, whether it is someone who is other gendered, uh, you know, anybody who is other. And I get that, but I, I come back to what I've said previously on, 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 the show before is it doesn't work for me in a super heroic sense because, I don't see any discernible difference between a mutant and a superhero. There is little difference between Cyclops, a guy who shoots lasers out of his eyes and Spider-Man, a guy who clings to walls. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they both have powers and abilities far beyond those of normal men. I think it would make a lot more sense if all of humanity was against everybody who had abilities, right? You know, super abilities. Um, but it doesn't make sense that Reed Richards is okay, you know, a guy who can stretch, make himself all stretchy and whatnot, but that you know, Ororo is not. That yeah. doesn't make sense to me within the continuity that Marvel has established. But yet, I'm supposed to to believe that people will will discern that mutant
1: bad, other superheroes just fine. Yeah, no, I, that I, makes I get no that. sense to me. It doesn't. Um, and it was a little different <sighs> when superheroes were more treated like mutants right um yeah when when they weren't revered other than the fantastic four but for some reason the fantastic four have always been an exception to that rule right spider-man was a menace he wasn't loved well he is a menace
0: (laughs) i mean he's a menace everyone knows this so i'm not reading
1: the fantastic four or the x-men books right now i'm Um, reading fantastic four and enjoying them a great deal yeah, So, I mean, while I I, I, well, I, will say I didn't dislike this book, it, did, it wasn't quite the home run for me that it, feel, it feels like it was for you. Um, so, I will wait for your review of the second issue before I pick it up. Well, uh, maybe
0: Wayne's picking it up and he and I can
1: talk about it. <laughs> there so. you go. Save me, Wayne. You're my only hope. Well, hey, Paul. Yes, sir coming out next week. So next week, there's actually a, a number of interesting books. Um, I'm going to start with Wonder Woman Dead Earth, uh, which is the new DC Black Label miniseries. I believe it's a three-issue miniseries. Um, not cheap issues. They're $6.99 each. But I I, I picked out the first issue. Um, it's written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. It's a post-apocalyptic Wonder Woman tale. The first issue was fantastic. Really? Um, and I, I... I, I absolutely adored it i loved the art i loved the story um i just i loved the hell out of that book and i am so glad i just picked it up because the art on the cover seems kind of cool um and you know wonder woman versus these giant you know monsters and I, i cannot recommend it enough it is just a blast um definitely recommend checking it out but issue two comes out next week uh, I I thought, I think Wayne might have picked it up too. I don't remember. Someone picked it up, but it's a great book. Hmm. Pick it up. Wasn't, wasn't me. Wasn't, wasn't Aaron. Um, yeah. from Marvel Comics, Wolf, the new Wolverine book, you know, in this current era of the House of 10 Powers of Ted Jonathan Hickman, this is the relaunched Wolverine book, uh, written by Benjamin Percy, actor by art by Victor Bogdanovich, um, and Adam Kubert. I don't know that I'm going to pick that up. I don't know that the world needs another Wolverine book, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah he, he, he. It, Well, no, I can't say it's really been that long since there was a Wolverine book because you had Old Man Logan for a while. Um, Interesting book coming out next week, and I feel like it came out already, but now it feels like maybe it's a re-release. I don't know. Um, Vampire State Building Number 1. Vampire State Building. Vampire State Building. The newest horror series from Charlie Atler, the artist of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, Terry Fisher is a young soldier on the verge of being sent away for active military duty, and is going to meet his friends at the top of the Empire State Building for a farewell party. But suddenly, a legion of vampires attacks the skyscraper and massacres its occupants. How so did... it's Die Hard with vampires. It's, a, it's Die Hard with vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's interesting about it is kind of like uh, they're they're kind of taking the binge watching. Um, whatever uh, way of releasing it, and all four issues are coming out digitally next week. I I may check out the first issue. Why not just release a trade paperback? Well, there's that. I don't Uh, get that. I guess because you can get your first taste for only four bucks instead of paying fifteen bucks. Total.
0: You could you could do a, a few pages free. Well, there's. I that. mean, I don't get that. I, I truly don't. Because you know, uh, TKO Comics does that.
1: That's TK. the company I was thinking of, and yeah. I don't know how. I'm very curious to hear how successful that was. Or I not. just don't believe that it is. Yeah, it um, makes no. When I see that, when I see that on
0: Comicsology, and I see a big issue dump like that, unless it's on sale, I am not
1: interested. Yeah, same here. I, I feel much the same way. Um, from Image Comics, Undiscovered Country, number four comes out. From D- I, tell you, okay. I, I, we don't, I don't think we talked
0: about issue three. Are you still in? I'm still in. Un-undisco- yeah. All yeah. Right. Are you? Just making sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm digging it still. I just okay. want to make sure you are. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. uh, th- th- a call out. It's a trade paperback coming out next week. Swamp Thing, Tales from the Bayou, um, which contains a number of uh, one shots and short stories from Swamp Thing uh, collected and it. The reason I'm mentioning it is because we talked about one of the spe- one of the tales in it, the Swamp Thing Winter Special, uh, which mm. was written by Tom King with art by um, oh, God, I don't remember that guy's name. Um, but it, it it was just a a brilliant Swamp Thing uh, story, and so if if you're a Swamp Thing fan, it, there's some good stuff in there. Definitely recommend checking it out. So, uh, Swamp
0: Thing, Tales from the Bayou, does it include Swamp Thing's Cajun recipes? Uh,
1: it might, it might. You know, <laughs> it, it'll burn you up, I guarantee. Guarantee. Jason Fabok <laughs> is the artist on uh, that Swamp Thing story. Thanks for killing some time. Um, yeah,
0: I, I, I was vamping for you.
1: <laughs> um, also out, uh, new issues of Legion of Superheroes, Justice League, featuring the the new creative team uh, from of Robert Venditti. Um, we also get... Uh, the sequel to *Deceased*, uh, *Deceased*, the Unkillables, written by Tom Taylor. Um, this is a, a sequel featuring uh, some of the uh, the bad guys, the Unkillables, left on Earth. Characters like Deathstroke and Deadshot and Bane and Solomon Grundy and Captain Cold and Katana and Cheetah. What do they do, um, you know, during the end of the world?
0: And finally, uh, with no cable TV, what do you do? I don't even know,
1: you know, (laughs) and the last thing I'm going to mention is flash forward number six, uh, which, again, the only reason I'm mentioning that, um, even though we haven't read the first five issues, is that supposedly this is a big tie in to what's coming up in the DC free comic book day issue, um, which features the Flash taking on the seat of Metron. And uh, if you recall, Metron was murdered by Doctor Manhattan in the pages of um, the the Dark Side War. I think at, in the last couple pages of the Dark Side War. You um, mean you said by Doctor? He was murdered by Doctor Manhattan. Yes.
0: In uh, Doomsday Clock.
1: No, it, it, it was it was the the precursor to that. I, it was I think it was the end of the darks. It was either in the Dark Side War or the DC Rebirth book okay um that he was murdered by dr manhattan it was it was off screen right you just saw the blue flash of light and you (laughs) never really knew that's who it was okay um so i I, and it led (gasps) into i think it was i think it was the end of the dark side war because it was written by jeff johns um to set up the rebirth and so this is um wally west taking on not only the the seat of metron but also perhaps the powers of dr manhattan and the powers to remake reality that Uh, shouldn't chill anybody to the bone
0: (laughs) I mean, the last time we saw Wally West was over in uh, Heroes in Crisis, Crisis, right? And he was a little fucked up,
1: yeah, just a little bit. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, that shouldn't terrify anyone. (laughs) So this may be leading into you know the whole 5G rewritten history thing that's coming up later this year from DC Comics.
0: I'm going to have to buy a new cell phone for 5G. (laughs) I I, I know I'm 4G capable. I just don't think I'm 5G capable.
1: Oh, Aaron, you just upgrade.
0: Oh, yeah, right. But I mean, is it too soon for me to upgrade? I gotta check my plan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> before you know it, it'll be six Gs. Yeah, I need to make sure I'm seven G ready.
0: I mean, I I may have to skip
1: a generation. You might, two. you might just just get ready for it. <laughs> get one of those Doctor Manhattan phones like they had in go. the uh, in the Watchmen movie there you go. or there c- you. series.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Um, Thank you guys for uh, tuning in today. We'd love to know what you what you thought about this week's books and what's coming out next week. Uh, give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted,
1: valuable ideology of madness surprise. <laughs> you can also hit us up on uh, social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Excellent. Well, Paul, yes, sir.
0: Let's do this again.
1: <laughs> if, if For anyone who listens to multiple podcasts on our feed We're about to do this again On Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. So actually, uh, quick plug to that Star Trek with Aaron and Polly can also be found on your favorite podcast provider. Check out, check us out on iTunes um, or, you know, wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. I don't know. I don't really care. Overca- just listen.
0: Overcast wherever <laughs> fine podcasts
1: are sold. Uh, um, yeah, do a search for Star Trek with Aaron and Pauly. Yeah. Uh, we talk about the new series, Star Trek Picard. Before that, we talked about Discovery. We just talked about Star Trek. Duh. All the Trek. All of it. All, all of it. <laughs> and all so right. uh, listen to us there. We'll catch you guys then. Bye.